You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. I am your host, Ralph Burns. And man, do we have a show for you today. We've got Amanda Powell from Digital Marketer on. How are you? Good, doing well. Surviving COVID-19 as we are over here at Tier 11. As best we can. (laughs) No kidding, huh? The world has changed just a little bit since the last time we recorded. But we have our special guest today, Miss Molly Pittman, calling in from Amsterdam, surviving COVID-19 in style. (laughs) And uh, she's going to be bringing it with some of the stuff that she's been doing inside Smart Marketer, as well as Boom by Cindy Joseph, and some major concepts on how to really start Facebook ad campaigns or campaigns just in general from scratch. So psyched to talk about this. We haven't talked with her in quite some time now. Uh, Molly, how you been? How you doing? What's going on? Hey, great. Thriving, rocking and rolling, however you want to describe that. (laughs) (laughs) All the above. Yeah, just making the most of the situation, really enjoying, yeah, just the quietness of this time. Happy that things are going back to normal. But yeah, I feel like I'm very much in a build phase, kind of birthing multiple projects. That's pretty Mm -hmm. descriptive, but it's exactly how it feels. We saw the list. (laughs) You saw the list. It's intense. It's exciting. New Molly stuff coming. <laughs> and lots so of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying this new role at Smart Marketer. It brings me back to my time at Digital Marketer. We were just chatting about this and working with a larger team and just how fulfilling and exciting that is. I've appreciated the last few years more on my own, but yeah, just feeling the momentum and excited to share with you guys what we've got going on. And I didn't realize there was a uh, a real connection between you and Amanda. I knew there was sort of a Kentucky connection. <laughs> People have been listening to Perpetual Traffic for the other 254 episodes. They know Molly is from Kentucky, but you guys like had cross like cross pollinization of your lives at one point in time. Yeah. Are you from Kentucky, Amanda, or did you just go to school there? Yeah, I'm from St. Louis area and then went to school in Kentucky. But yeah, Molly and I had like similar groups of friends. And I swear we probably were in the same room or somewhere at the same point while we were in college. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Ryan, I think as soon as you came on, Amanda, which was a few months after I left, Ryan messaged me and said, hey, you won't believe it. We hired a a gal from Kentucky. (laughs) (laughs) Kentucky. And I searched you on Facebook and we had mutual friends and then, you know, kind of chatted about that. And this also isn't like finding out someone else is from New York. Like Kentucky is, (laughs) (laughs) you don't meet many other Kentuckians out on your adventures abroad or outside of the state. So this is a a rare occurrence. (laughs) There's probably some listeners right now checking their Google Maps saying, where is Kentucky again? (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Kentucky was categorized as a Midwestern state during this uh, reopening, like the systemizing of the reopening of the country. And many Kentuckians were not pleased with that. They, yeah. they know and feel that yeah. that we are very Southern. So that's the point of debate. I understand most people who have never been to Kentucky, they're like, oh, you're a Midwesterner. Mm-mm. Mm, no. <laughs> if you've been, so, you know that it's very much Southern, southern through and through. <laughs> Fairly Southern. Yeah, for sure. Well, you've got a lot going on right now. Obviously, like 19 products that you're going to be launching for Smart Marketer this year, which is it's pretty ambitious, but maybe not 19, but a lot. <laughs> but you also have a book coming out. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah. So this has been about a year in the making now. And so on Monday, the book will be released by the time you guys listen to this. But currently, <laughs> this is happening on Monday, which is really exciting. I'm releasing my book called Click Happy, Your Guide to a Meaningful Life and Career in Digital. And I'm really excited. This book is very different content than I've put out there or that I've really found online. And the goal of this book, I wanted to write something that I would have really enjoyed when I entered this industry, because I feel what we do is still very much of a black box. A lot of people don't know or understand what we do, and they see the opportunities. Obviously, commerce is moving more and more online every day. Digital marketing is becoming more relevant to the economy every single day. And on the other hand, I feel people are looking for new opportunities and new lifestyles to work from home or to move or you know whatever that means for you. Ralph, I know you guys launched a whole podcast about uh, running a virtual business, which um, I love and great job on that, by the way, because that's very relevant to what we're doing at Smart Marketer. So anyways, yeah, Click Happy is really a balance of life lessons and me honestly being very vulnerable and really putting out some some lifestyle content for you guys, whether you're entering this industry, whether you are wanting to pass this information down to someone else. Like Ralph, you were talking about you just hired your son. Mm -hmm. I was just chatting with mm -hmm. my cousin yesterday who's 21. Mm -hmm. He's coming up in the game. Or if you've been in this for a while, this book is still relevant to you because we also really hit home on the concept of work-life balance, which I know we all struggle with, whether you're an employee, whether you own your own business. I mean, that's been a huge struggle for me the last eight to nine years. So the first half of the book, and it's called Click Happy to really represent this balance of work and life, but the first half of the book is much more personal and definitely more lifestyle content. So I share eight different stories about my career that taught me really important lessons. So I talk about the jobs that I had before Digital Marketer, what made me move to Austin, you know, that whole internship process. I talk about mm -hmm. leaving Digital Marketer, how tough that was. I mean, that was one of the hardest decisions of my life and very emotional and going through burnouts and feeling lost. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. I didn't just talk about how I'm amazing and all these great things that I've done. I also wanted to present you guys with the other side because with success comes a lot of hardships. And yeah, I was just very vulnerable in that. It was really emotional to write, but very exciting. And then at the end of each chapter, there are takeaways for you guys and how you can take these lessons and implement them in your career. And then the last half of the book is more tactical and really explaining digital marketing, the different roles in digital marketing. Ryan Dice actually covers the customer value journey. I walk through cool. the steps to building profitable ad campaigns. And then we share stories at the end, people like Ralph, who have you know, entered this industry in different ways and how it's really benefited their life and what their journey has been. So I hope you guys enjoy it. <laughs> and I'm really proud of it. And if you want to grab a copy, it's at mollypittman.com forward slash book. And when you purchase the book, you'll also get free access to a course that's completely free. And the course is called Balance Being. 
And this is even more information on, you know, how to achieve that work-life balance. And for this course, I've actually interviewed my business partner, Ezra Firestone, our CMO, uh, John Grimshaw, the CMO of Boom, and my former boss at Digital Marketer back in the day, Colleen Taylor. And we're discussing Mm -hmm. topics like communication and exercise, taking care of your body, how we manage our day-to-day, how we find our purpose, what drives us, all of the stuff that affects your business and how you perform in your career that has nothing to do with the tactical stuff. So anyways, I know I've gone down a rabbit hole here, but if that interests you at all, definitely grab the book. I would appreciate the support. And as I said, you guys will get that free course along with it too. Yeah. And that's tremendous. It's fantastic, Molly. And I think that's something that like, you know, as we do have people coming up in the ranks, like from from college that do want to dive into digital marketing, I think that's almost like probably 90% of grads are not thinking about work-life balance when they come out of college. And it's something that I think would have been really helpful for probably a lot of us, like mm. to reading that and understanding how much, you know, I guess self-care is important when you start in this industry, because you can, you turn into your passion project very quickly. And all you want to do is work on whatever campaigns (laughs) or, you know, your new passion that you, you know, that you found coming out of college and it can, yeah, can take over. Yeah. Especially with digital where there, there's not a line here, right? Like we spend so much time on our devices anyways. It's like really in the thick of things at Digital Marketer, I would remember days that I would wake up and for like weeks at a time, I would be on a screen like almost <laughs> every second yeah. that I was awake. And you don't was... even realize it. Yeah. Anyways, that, that's a whole big topic. But <laughs> we I do a really, whole show on that. <laughs> this, but this is like my heart on a sleeve, really. And like a big part of why I feel like I'm in this industry is, of course, I want to help existing marketers become better. And that's really who I've served up until this point. But I realize, especially with the speed in which this industry is growing, if we don't really start turning behind and and kind of pulling people up with us and creating resources for them, we're going to find ourselves with really good best practices and information and no one to do it. So... (laughs) Yeah, that that's really the purpose here. And I hope you guys enjoy it. So that's it. Mollypittman.com forward slash book. Well, definitely check out the book, everybody. That's click happy. I think it, you know, if you look at digital marketing just in general, it's like it's for me, it's like a medium to produce or to allow for a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's a really good way to put it. We're so passionate about it. So we get so excited about it. Mm -hmm. Like just and then there's offshoots of that. For me, it's like really passionate about like running a virtual business, especially everything that's mm-hmm. going on right now. Because when we air this, we're still going to be in the middle of COVID-19. Yeah. Like there's a lot of changes, fundamental shifts in the economy, which are going on right now, which this book is a perfect play on that. Because if you are considering going into like, what am I going to do after college? Or what am I going to do after high school? It's like one of the things that's coming out of the COVID-19 crisis is that small and medium-sized businesses are cutting back on all their brand advertising, their billboards, their TV ads, their radio ads, and they're focusing all on social and digital because there's such a return that you get. You put in a dollar, you get an expectation of a return from that dollar. 
And I think the world is now seeing this. So this, this crisis, as horrible as it is, I think has exposed a lot of things that maybe were inefficient in the marketing world and mm-hmm. has put the spotlight back on this, exactly yeah. what we're talking about on this show here. Yeah. And then with that, then you have to balance the work-life part of it, whether it's <laughs> virtual, whether it's in an office, like you guys do at a digital marketer. Doesn't really matter. The point is, is like the demand is going to continue to grow. And that means we need more people in the industry in order to fulfill those jobs. One of the reasons why I have, you know, my son is an intern restarting our Instagram. So <laughs> check us out on Instagram, by the yeah. way, tier 11, if you feel like checking that out. The point is, like, he knows way more about it than I do. And so many young people that are coming out of college or in their 20s, like this is such a great industry yes. to get to. And even people that want a career shift, like a change yeah. in career path. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wrote 100%. this book too for my dad, who's going to be yeah. retiring soon, who is one of the best salespeople I've ever met in my life. And you better believe as soon as he retires, I'm going to be asking dad to work with me <laughs> because yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll need his help. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's also other generations understanding that even though it's a digital business, there are still roles for traditional positions. And my mom is the same. She's been a bookkeeper her whole life. And now she's applying for online bookkeeping jobs. So I think it's it's definitely the younger generation, but it's anybody too. And that's a lot of what I talk about in the book. This isn't just about finding content marketers or social media managers. Uh, A digital business still has, you know, traditional roles, human resources, and you know all the grown-up stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited, and thank you guys for being excited with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's just so. We're I think we're all so passionate about it. I mean, I think that's the reason why we get so excited doing the show every single week is because yes, it's exciting to do all this, but it's just it's a cool industry to be in. And, you know, I guess I'm proof positive that you can actually change midlife, you know, if if my forties are midlife, but the point is, is, and be very successful at it. So, so perfect opportunity here today to talk about, Hey, maybe I haven't actually done it yet. What would Molly Pittman do if I were to start creating my own campaigns from scratch? I like that. Uh, what would Molly, we should make that a hashtag, Molly. What, what would Molly, Molly Pittman do? It. That's right. That's our <laughs> new Instagram hashtag. Let's do so, it. Well, cool. So yeah. Congratulations on the launch of the book and definitely check that out. Like we said, mollypittman.com forward slash book and check out Click Happy. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah, I'm excited for today. And, and really the thought process behind this was... I feel like on this show, we have done a great job of going deep and and I love talking about ads, you know, <laughs> like what an ad actually looks like, you know, what crew, how, how do you go about creating a, a high converting ad? But I would love to zoom out a little bit here because as you mentioned, I'm in the process right now of essentially starting from scratch with the Smart Marketer Facebook ad account. And the reason for this is really twofold. First off, we had our Facebook ad account banned a few months ago. We've done everything under the sun with Rouse, very generous help too, and other people. Shout out to everybody who's tried to help us with this to get the account reinstated. And we've kind of just given up now. We have a new ad account. And this has provided us the opportunity to essentially start from scratch. And guys, if you're having trouble with your the health of your Facebook ad account, hop over to my Facebook page, Molly 
Molly Pittman, my, my brand page, and you will see a recent Facebook Live there all about how to protect your ad account and what to do when it gets shut down because I know that's information you guys are looking for. But anyways, this presented a new opportunity. So we had to start a new ad account. And also, perfect timing, we just hired a new media buyer named Danielle, who is awesome and was previously a student, which makes it even more exciting. So this was the perfect recipe for, okay, before we just go and start launching all the campaigns that were previously active in our old ad account, let's be really intentional about this traffic system that we're building. And traffic system is a term that we use to describe multiple campaigns that are working together very similar to an assembly line to move someone through you know, the customer journey, right? From completely unaware of your business to you know, hopefully a repeat buyer and ambassador and promoter of your business. And so I've always been a huge proponent of the goal, the you know, kind of end goal where you want to get with paid traffic is to have a fully fleshed out traffic system. Because if you're able to do that, that is where real scale comes from. So most people think of scale as simply increasing the budget of campaigns, which is obviously very important. And there is a time and place for that. And that is scaling. (laughs) But there is this whole other part of scaling, which I call horizontal scaling, that is mostly ignored. And that means okay, great, you've got these campaigns that are working, you're increasing the budgets, but what else can you build to truly give you scale with paid traffic? And so that's everything from new audiences and taking ads that are currently working and scaling out to new audiences, creating new ads with new hooks that might resonate with the market and the part of the market that hasn't yet converted yet. It might mean creating completely new offers, which you're going to hear a lot about here with Smart Marketer. And so So that is, for me, where true scale, like that is true scale. And every ad account is going to look very different. I think you guys know that by now. (laughs) And sort of the complexity of an ad account in terms of the number of campaigns, for me, usually is a derivative of how advanced their traffic system is. And this is a question I get a lot from you guys. Like, how many campaigns should I have in an ad account? How many cold traffic campaigns should I have? How many warm? How many hot? So that's the kind of stuff that I want to touch on today and also just give you guys a peek behind how we rebuilt this ad account, but in a more intentional way that's really thinking about that traffic system. So yeah, hopefully this is helpful for you guys. So I think one of the core concepts of this, and we were talking about this before we hit record, is the difference in ad accounts. Like every ad account is different. We were talking about some of the ones that we're managing at tier 11, which are sort of brand new for us, new customers, lots of different offers, lots of different ways to approach sometimes the same traffic, sometimes very different avatars. And you were discussing the difference between market-centric businesses and product-centric businesses, Mm -hmm. which is a real big distinction when it comes back to paid traffic, Facebook campaign structure of the ad account. So maybe explain that a little bit to the listeners about and how that relates to what we're going to be talking about here today. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, business type, so whether it's info, e-com, SaaS, local, et cetera, and the scale at which that business is buying media, those two factors are going to affect 
the complexity of the traffic system. So just to give you guys a quick example, Boom by Cindy Joseph, Ezra's e-commerce company that's selling skincare and makeup to women over the age of 50, this traffic system is at extreme scale, I think is the best way to put that. (laughs) You know, right now they're spending $15,000 a day and that's half of usual. And that's because there's a supply issue because of COVID. So right now in Boom's Facebook account, there are 17 active campaigns. You know, Facebook talks about the power of five. On average, a Facebook ad account should have five campaigns. You shouldn't be doing that, Molly, says Facebook. And sorry, Facebook, but that's complete bull****, especially (laughs) if you're looking to scale. Whereas you look at a company like Smart Marketer, and right now we only have eight campaigns live. So less than half of boom, but it's a different business type. And we're just rebuilding. Like we're kind of just getting restarted (laughs) with this whole (laughs) ad thing. So those are two differences. And then another layer is this idea of a product-centric business versus a market-centric business. And this is most important when you're thinking about Facebook targeting, but this is huge for scale. So there are some businesses like Smart Marketer that are are more so a market-centric business. Like you exist to serve a pretty specific and obvious group of people. So let's take my Christian client who sells apparel for Christians, produces content, video series, things like that. That is very much a market-centric business. Like we are looking to get in front of Christians and it's pretty much that black or white. And that makes it easier and a bit more simplified because yes, we could have sub-avatars and we do when it comes to copywriting and things like that, maybe pastors or you know parents that are Christians. But when it comes to Facebook targeting, I'm really just looking at this one market. Whereas if you have a product-centric business, I always use the example of Panda Planner, which was an ad account that I worked on that's selling planners. And they're pretty cool planners, but you know, it's a planner. It's something that you could probably get at Target or something similar. Like if you needed a planner, that need is easy to fulfill. So with that type of business that's not really built for a certain avatar, I had to look at that more as a product-centric business. And for that business, the reason we were successful is because we really went deep on the avatars, especially when it came to targeting. So for that planner, we were able to position it to moms and get it to work. And same thing to a spiritual audience, same thing to dads, same thing to people experiencing anxiety. And that account, we would not have been able to get cold acquisition to work for that account if we didn't dive deep into those avatars, because who would I have targeted? Like people Mm. that like notebooks or like (laughs) nice, like that doesn't work. People who love planners. Yeah, those people already have a planner that they love. If you love planners that much, like that's just not going to work. So for that type of situation, the avatars become even more important, especially when you get to the targeting side of things. So I think it's important to understand those differences because for a product-centric business, your traffic system is going to be more complex. And the reason for that is you are going to have more cold traffic campaigns than someone that's a market-centric business. And the reason for that is 
for the Panda Planner example, you know, I needed a campaign for moms. I needed a campaign for spiritual audiences. So, you know, (laughs) breaking those avatars into their own campaigns because they behave differently and the optimization works differently, that is very important in 2020. So I just wanted to, thanks for asking that, Ralph, because I do think that's another, I think business type has a lot to do with it. Like local business, local businesses have the most simple traffic systems out there. <laughs> like it's usually two to three campaigns. People one who like to eat. Yeah, one that's there to get people in the door, one that's there to get warm traffic to convert, and one that's there to get customers to come back. You know, like that's Perfect. a really simple traffic system. But, you know, then you've got Boom, who's an e-commerce company that's doing, you know, million dollars a month in revenue and spending, you know, twenty to thirty thousand dollars a day just on Facebook. And theirs is much more complex. <laughs> and Smart yep. Marketer falls somewhere in the middle. So yeah, th- those are kind of the different variables that will really show you how complex your system needs to be. But for me, I think what's really important about the concept of the traffic system, it's kind of like a puzzle where you want to have the finished, like the ideal finished version in front of you. (laughs) You can't put together a puzzle if you don't know like what it's supposed to look like, but it's not like you're going to launch 17 campaigns in one day. You know, I guess you could, like the traffic system doesn't just appear one day. It's usually (laughs) built step by step based off of priority, what your business needs, based off of the campaigns that are going to make the biggest difference, based off of the offers that you have at your disposal, which we'll talk a lot about here. So I just want to preface this with like, one day, you know, all these campaigns aren't just going to appear. This is very much like a puzzle that you're slowly going to build (laughs) one piece at a time. Right. And it's cool because with Smart Marketer, you are building it. We're sort of mid-build here. So yeah. because it's We're about relatively there. yeah, relatively simple versus boom. So the real I just want to make sure people understand that concept between market-centric and product-centric. Like boom is women over 50. Yeah. That's market-centric pretty much business. the market. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Digital marketer. These are digital marketers. Like <laughs> and Amanda can talk to that. Smart marketer may be a little bit of a hybrid. On the other side, like we've got a lot of customers, and there's one that we're actually in the throes of of talking to and, and really want as a customer, they have a very much product or even passion-based mm. business where they have activism, adventure, dogs, food, colleges, equestrian. Those get tough. Yeah, those are, and lots of different products for each one of those passion plays, each one of those sort of niches, so to speak. So very different campaign structure for something like that, as opposed to the one that we're going to be talking about here. And for that particular business, that more product-based business, you have to create campaigns for each one of the individual avatars or passions in order to really reach massive scale, which is what they want to do. And the same thing, like in the law niche, we have a a number of mass tort customers that we work with. Same kind of thing. Like you have to really break things apart and the structure is very different than what we're going to be talking about here. So I don't want to give people the idea like there's a one size fits all here. You sort of have to take a look back and say, am I market centric or am I product centric. And a lot of, if you're in e-commerce, it might be product centric. It really might. But Boom by Cindy Joseph is an e-commerce company that is far more market centric because it really does focus on a single sort of overall avatar 
every one of those avatars is going to have a different sort of hook, a different messaging that's going to resonate the best. And we'll we talk about that as well. But I think there is a distinct difference between those two types of businesses. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, that is the most important for your cold traffic, of course, because usually, even though you have all of these different avatars, especially if you're utilizing dynamic product ads at the bottom of the funnel, it's not like you've got to have now all these separate retargeting campaigns for each of those specific journeys, you know, like, so it's most important at the top of the funnel. And then mm -hmm. when it comes to the bottom of the funnel, which we'll talk about here in a bit, like how I'm thinking about that with smart marketer, the amount of retargeting campaigns that you have very, very, very much depends on the amount of site traffic that you have. Keep that in mind, guys. It very much depends on the amount of site traffic that you have. So for example, with Boom, you know, we have eight to 10 retargeting campaigns that's picking up every step from you visited pre-sale article but didn't buy, you visited product page but didn't add to cart, you added to cart but didn't buy, you bought but didn't buy this product, right, et cetera, et cetera. But we're able to do that because they have tens of thousands of people visiting that, that site every right. day. So those audience sizes are pretty large. You know, they're in the tens of thousands. So we're able to set up a campaign for that specific audience and get reach and, and it works. Where some of us, if we have a lower traffic site, so for example, we launched a, a lead gen offer last week that's generating leads. And then of course, we're offering one of our courses on the back end. Well, we set up a retargeting audience for people who opted in but didn't purchase. And that audience wasn't even over a thousand people yet. It's like, right. Molly, that's not worth setting a campaign up. You know, <laughs> like, I need to let it. that build. So yep. keep that in mind. The complexity of the front end very much depends on the variation of offers that you have and or the variations of avatars that you have. So product versus market centric. And then the bottom of the funnel very much depends on volume of site traffic. Absolutely. And you might want to aggregate those retargeting campaigns if you don't have the site traffic into one yeah. campaign for all those different levels, what we refer to we as- We call it squishing. Squishing, you know? <laughs> like It's yeah. okay. And, and this is something we talk about with the e-commerce ad amplifier. We do have five levels of traffic and you might want to have five different campaigns if you have site volume. You yeah. might want just one campaign for cold and one campaign for retargeting because mm -hmm. you're squishing those view content, add to cart, even maybe some of your loyalty campaigns together inside a singular campaign. So it's going to vary. So exactly. but you're, you're really building smart marketer here for scale. So you're separating stuff out because you have an idea as to where probably your KPIs are, where your previous spend was with the previous yeah. ad account. Well, and, I can uh, dive into that, Ralph. Like, why don't we just look at the campaigns? Because I kind of got it figured out, but I kind of don't. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. You and don't have to build okay. it all at once, like you said. So maybe we'll start with sort of your first step and go right on through what yeah, you got. I'll just walk you guys like this is a story that's still unfolding here. <laughs> and this is just a peek over our shoulder and kind of how we've done this and why we've done this. And of course, there are lots of variables here, but hopefully this is helpful. So yeah, I'll go ahead and start it. That's cool, guys. Let's do it. So the first campaign that we launched in this ad account, again, we were shut down. This is a new ad account. The very first thing that we launched was a very, very simple, actually page post engagement campaign. But, you know, this started at a smaller budget. We've ramped it up a little bit. 
but this is pure content marketing. And this is a lot of, of what you guys do too at, at DM Amanda, basically just taking whatever recent blog post we published at Smart Marketer that week and getting it out to warm audiences and cold audiences. And the reason for this is we want to show Facebook we're willing to invest in content. The first ads we set up in this ad account aren't asking people for money. <laughs> and I just like to start here. And this is always running. And every week, Danielle, our media buyer who I mentioned, which, you know, she's a huge reason that we're being so intentional about this. Every week, she's just adding whatever new blog posts we've released to that campaign. So that's always running in the background. That was the, the first thing that we set up. And then number two, since we're selling information, as most of you know, you know, the, the name of the game for cold traffic or one of the most important <laughs> names of the game, I guess, for cold traffic with a, an info business is lead generation. And there are a lot of reasons for that. Of course, you want to build your email list. Usually when you're selling information or coaching of some sort, it's very important to give people value first, to build that credibility, and to really tee them up to want to purchase your, your product. And luckily, we already had a few of these offers available. So what we did is we sat down, John and I did, and we listed out the different offers that we had readily available. And then we prioritized them by which ones we feel will resonate most with our audience. So therefore generate the cheapest leads for us, but also which ones do you think will allow us to make the most money <laughs> and which ones are ready. So our first focus were on these lead gen efforts and still are. So the next few campaigns that we launched, the first was a free video series for smart email marketing, which is a course we have all about email. So that's driving to an opt-in page where you opt in for the free email class. And then throughout that, we are upselling smart email marketing. This already exists. It was already working great. So we just got that relaunched. And the second one had already existed too. This was same exact funnel, just different topic. Free video series about project management and an upsell for our class, Smart Project Management. So again, those offers already existed. They were already working. So they were the highest priorities to get relaunched. And we did add a few ads and optimize them a little bit because uh, we had the time. But we wanted to get those up and going. So our second thought here was, okay, we have some content running. We now have a few Legion campaigns running. How else can we really start to juice the top of the funnel? Well, we know that these free video series work really well for us from a Legion perspective. The cost per lead is great. But they're also great at appealing to cold audiences, but also warming someone up to purchase a higher dollar program, much more than like a PDF lead magnet. You, get, you guys get what I mean? Because like these video, they're, you're, you're opting in for a video class. It's multiple videos. You very much get to know Ezra or myself. It's much meatier and very different than a PDF lead magnet, which will much come more personal. <laughs> yes, which will come into play uh, later on. And so these were funnels, again, that were already tested, but I also know they work the best to get someone from cold to hot in the shortest amount of time. So I'm taking, and guys, this is really important for scale, really, really important for scale, taking a funnel type, and this is something that Ryan Dice is so good at, a funnel, like just a, a sequence, whatever you want to call it, that's working, but changing the topic. 
So just like we did here, all right, one of them's talking about email marketing, one's smart project management. So the next one that we launched, of course, was a free seven-day Facebook class because we know that that's a hot topic. We have Train My Traffic Person, which we now have a digital version of. It's not just uh, taught twice a year, which is exciting. You can go to trainmytrafficperson.com forward slash digital if you guys are interested in that. So because we had just evergreened this free Facebook class, which before had only been run during launch time. That was the third priority here of, we know this funnel type works. Uh, we know that people are interested in Facebook ads. We know that TMTP is our best-selling product. So let's get that launched next. So that was the next step. I think this is so valuable, Molly, in the sense that you had to like take a step back and literally rebuild an account and, you know, rather you're rebuilding an account or if you're just starting, I feel like it's good to know exactly, you know, how, how to go about it. Yeah. And just how to think about it because most people think of scale like, okay, we had this campaign for, uh, this email series, this smart email marketing, this had been running for months before. So most people would be like, it's working, let's scale it and use all of their focus and energy scaling this one campaign. Well, yeah, of course I want to do that. Of course I want to optimize and scale what we have, but my energy is actually best spent saying, okay, what's a completely different offer we can put out there? Because the ad optimization and scaling is the easy part. The creation of a completely new offer that speaks to a different part of your market or a completely different hook and sells a different product than what you're already selling, like for me, that is where true scale comes from, from an acquisition standpoint. So yeah, j just like you said, Amanda, and so that was my thought process here with these first few campaigns. We know this funnel type works. Let's get these relaunched. Now let's get this free Facebook class out there. And it's all directly related here too. It's like, you, I mean, if you don't have the ability to be able to do this and create multiple courses and all that, that that's fine. I think the idea here is really important is that you're putting a piece of content in front of a potential audience with the end in mind being a paid course, of course, yep. right? Absolutely. At the end of the day, like we're not just doing this just to do it. Yes, it's creating goodwill. Yes, it's doing all these things, right? Obviously, you're running campaigns to cold traffic as well as warm traffic from those blog posts, which are getting a tremendous amount of engagement. So that's sort of the top, top, top end of the funnel, almost like level zero, like there's really no call to action, just create goodwill, but obviously use those retargeting audiences in these other offers. The point is, is like you're putting the lead magnet and the content, you're identifying that avatar as like, these are things that you need to know, but they are related to a monetary uh, component of the business. And I think that that sometimes is a disconnect with people. Like, what kind of content do I put in front of them? Well, what do you have to sell on the back end? What can yep. you put in front of them that's relevant to that thing that you want to sell them on the back end, right? Well, I think it even goes back to exactly what we were talking about, you know, at the start of the show of, you know, you need traffic in order to be able to create your retargeting campaigns. And in order to get traffic, you run run your content and running your content is going to start generating traffic, which is then going to allow you to grow, grow those audiences for later down in the funnel. So true. So true. And you guys notice that my first thought here on this campaign was how do I scale our cold traffic? I didn't go mm -hmm. in first and set up yep. a bunch of retargeting because the audience sizes were too small, just like you said. <laughs> you were so starting from me, scratch. 
Yeah. So for me, it's like, so the goal that I gave Danielle, we hired her about a month ago. Yeah. A month ago now. And I said in 90 days, my goal is for us to have nine to 12 acquisition campaigns live, like nine to 12 offers that we're taking to cold traffic. And then we'll figure out the rest. Okay. Like then, (laughs) then we'll figure out the rest. So now my mind, you guys is going, okay, we've got these three video series. These are working. We're hitting the hot topics on the industry. Great. The next thing that comes across my plate is this product called Ambassador Blueprint. And this is something that Ezra shot a few months ago. And it's all about how to build an ambassador program so that you can have really awesome user-generated content in form of ad copy and creative. Well, as soon as he told me, hey, we've got this product to sell, I'm like, okay, as that's really cool and I see the value in it and I, I know it's valuable, but I don't think that's going to be really sexy on the front end to people. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, you want to go build this ambassador program? You know, like, it doesn't sound like it has anything to do with your bottom line and it sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the goal of an ambassador program. Right. And so what we did, what we did is we were like, great, we know we need to create some sort of front end on this, of course. Should it be a free video series? And we said, no, let's actually take this opportunity. We know the video series funnel works. We're, as you guys will see here in a minute, I bet in a year we've got 10 different video series that we're running (laughs) campaigns to just different topics. Great, easy. That's proven. But let's, let's try to figure out a different type of funnel here, a different front end offer. And so Ezra with Boom and Zipify, his go-to, any of you guys who have learned from him know this, his go-to acquisition strategy is pre-sale articles. He loves them. It's what has worked best for him. And so we decided to give this a shot. And as most of you guys know, it's why this podcast exists. Traffic and Facebook ads is one of the hottest topics in this industry. So instead of creating a sales page that says, hey, this ambassador program is awesome, buy it, we decided to go with a pre-sale article called my number one Facebook ad formula, how I generated 2.8 million with one cold traffic campaign. So we're starting the conversation with these results we got on Facebook and hey, there's a formula to it. So this wasn't just us doing well and making money. There's actually a formula that you can learn. And as you scroll through the pre-sell, you guys can see it on Smart Marketers blog. We show the results. We share our top performing, actually our top performing, our five top performing ads. We share the ad formula, kind of how we did it, why we did it. And so what this is doing is this is building a need for the ambassador program. Because what this article ends up coming down to is, hey, this campaign works so well because of this new copy and creative that we were using. And guess what? Here's how to copy these ads for your brand is like the headline as we start to transition, you know, the secret to these ads is UGC, testimonials, product demonstrations, and other images and videos made by real customers. And then we transition into, you know, and you are able to get these, get this user-generated content through an ambassador program. And guess what? It's 50% off right now. You guys, this page is converting at 10% for a $200 offer, which is insane. 
we're skipping the legion, which kind of sucks, but we're still able to build a pixeled audience off of this. And guess what? This is a brand new acquisition funnel to bring into the mix, <laughs> which is exciting. Like we've proven that a pre-sale article can also work for Smart Marketer, which is really yeah. exciting. And I feel like you might be skipping the lead gen, Molly, but you're still providing like if you could see the length of this article, it's an extremely like in-depth article, you know, showing examples and showing, you know, a lot of value. So I feel like even though you know, that step seems to be missing. I still feel like you're almost, you're building up the rapport way before you get, get down to the, the core offer at the bottom. Exactly. Yeah. And we'll add this pre-sale article to the show notes at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast for you guys. So you can see it, but you know, we've launched. So the, the next set of ads that we launched were actually a few days ago for this offer Right now, I'm testing optimizing for conversions and purchase, which is what we do with pre-sale articles normally, but I'm a little bit more wary of this because usually we're selling a product that's under $100 with a pre-sale article. This is $200. The conversion rate isn't as high. So right now, I'm testing optimizing for purchases versus optimizing for traffic and landing page views. We'll see which one works best, but I wanted to, now that we know that this works through email, posting it organically and starting to get some ads rolling, you know, we, we also built this because it's very evergreenable. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't a launch, launch that's going to go away. Like this pre-sale article, we're going to be able to run traffic to this for years to come, which is really exciting. So, you know, this next step was like, okay, let's get another acquisition cam- campaign out there, but let's try to test a different medium because not everybody likes video. Not everybody wants to opt in for something with their first touch point, uh, you know, with the brand. And so we're offering a complete completely new medium here where someone's actually able to read an article. And since we've proven this, you know, yesterday we had a conversation and we've got the next three of these that we're going to (laughs) produce planned out. So next month you'll see a pre-sale article from us about a campaign that worked really well. And six out of the seven ad sets were really specific interest targeting that we used. And so that will transition into hey, targeting is obviously very important when it comes to Facebook ads. We have this Facebook targeting blueprint. It's 200 bucks. It's a smaller dollar offer. It transitions perfectly, right? The next one will be, hey, here are a few email templates and how we use them. And then, you know, obviously we'll be able to upsell them the blueprint. We do have one-click upsells because this is an info business, y'all, but we are on Shopify. And that blows most people's minds, but it is like the best thing. I was really apprehensive to it at first when I started working with Ezra because I was so used to Infusionsoft or God knows what other CRM that info businesses have used in the past. And I won't go into that, but being on Shopify has been amazing for tons of reasons. Um, and I was very reluctant to it. Well, just that unto itself is, is sort of a revelation. Yeah. Well, and it also makes it easy because we're able to use Zipify, which is yeah. Ezra's you know, page building tool for e-com, but he has a pre-sale article template in there. You know, what you guys see from our pre-sale, this is a template inside of Zipify. <laughs> so our team just needs to go in and, and create another variation when we're ready to launch something new. So yeah. I think what's important about kind of like our first steps here, and there's there's more to the story, but our first steps here was, okay, we need to get 
leads coming in the door, right? That's the most important top line success metric, at least for us as an info business. Obviously acquiring customers too, but how can we scale by doing that in different ways? Not only talking about different topics, but also d- introducing different offers that are delivered in different formats. Oh, and what I, what I was going to say is that using Shopify makes it even easier because we're able to use OCU one-click upsell, which is a part of Zipify, Ezra's product. And so we have one-click upsells after these smaller dollar purchases. And I think right now the conversion rate on that is about 15%, which is pretty exciting. So the upsell on this Ambassador Blueprint is actually our email marketing program at a $400 discount, I think. Obviously, the upsell on the Facebook targeting blueprint will be TMTP, but Mm. that's what's really allowing us to acquire um, customers profitably with a system like this and even the video series because we do have those, those higher dollar products on the back end. So now this is a new funnel where you guys just heard me like over the next few months, every month, I want to roll one of these out because they work. (laughs) It gets a new product out there and we can evergreen these. And I'll let you guys know which test ends up winning in terms of traffic objective and uh, conversion objective on this one. So that, that's kind of the first step, guys. Like in terms of cold traffic, getting our page post engagement up just to get content out there, you know, getting the two video series up that we're already working in the old ad account, getting the new video series up, the Facebook ad one that was evergreened, testing a completely new cold acquisition funnel and a pre-sale article. Now we've got more of those to come, which is exciting. I mean, right there, y'all, that is it, removing page post engagement, that's six cold acquisition campaigns. <laughs> that's six out of nine. Danielle's almost done. <laughs> <laughs> but they all have one big thing in common. If you really think about it, and you might have to go back and rewind this episode to get it all. But basically, we have three video series, which is get the lead and then retarget them, right? To the paid program. Yes. Think about how different, like smart project management. Uh, Another beautiful thing about this is these offers are different enough that it allows us to target different audiences, kind of like the product centric thing I was talking about within Mm -hmm. these campaigns to prevent overlap. That's something else I want to bring up. So like the seven day Facebook class that's targeting a lot of interests around Facebook ads and you know people that would be using Facebook ads where smart project management, we're targeting a bunch of project management tools. And in email, we're targeting a bunch of email service providers. So I did want to add that, like having those different offers is nice in that way because you guys might be thinking like, wow, Molly, six cold acquisition funnels already. Like, are those all tar- targeting the same people? And no, that's, that's not the case. <laughs> well, they're, they're targeting the same general avatar. Somebody who wants yeah. to grow their business, right? right? I'm not mistaken. That's smart marketers avatar. But we're able to get a little bit more specific, right? Right. Like, right. Just because of that. There's subtleties. Exactly. Exactly. So that is the end of part one. And we'll continue on with part two next week. This is really awesome stuff here. Once again, make sure you check out Molly at uh, mollypittman.com and her new book forward slash book, mollypittman.com <laughs> forward slash book. I tried to make it easy as possible. <laughs> I even screwed that one up. Mollypittman.com forward slash book. Just go there and Just get the book. There. 
This has been tremendous. Well, this has been episode 256. Everything that we discussed here, there's a lot that uh, we'll put in the show notes here, including landing page URLs, some of the references to the podcast that we've done before on this subject. Make sure you go over to digitalmarker.com forward slash podcast. Molly and Amanda, thank you both for bringing it today. This has been awesome. And everybody stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, keep spending money on Facebook and Instagram crying out loud and growing your business even through this trying time. So until next week, we'll talk to you then. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.